What's up, tribe? This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Bodyweight Built. Bodyweight Built has decided to jump on and support the show, which is obviously huge for me and the podcast, but also a huge step in the right direction for independent media. Bodyweight Built is an all-in-one fitness app designed by fitness trainer and buddy of mine, Matty Fox. I spoke to Matt just before Christmas and was telling him how I'd hit a plateau with my regular strength training. He recommended that I join the app, which I did. The results have been fantastic. I've shed body fat. Uh, My strength has gone through the roof, including functional strength, which is something that I've always struggled with. In the app, there are multiple 8- and 12-week programs, all designed to be done without a gym and even equipment, which was great for me because I only had a few kettlebells and dumbbells, um, so it's been fantastic. On top of those programs, there's nutrition tips and tricks, yoga classes, plus much more. Listeners of the podcast, I want you to head to mattfoxapp.com to get started for just one dollar for the first month just one dollar there's no locking contracts you can cancel at any time so if you decide after a few weeks that it's not for you cancel you've lost a dollar no harm done that's mattfoxapp.com i'll also attach the link in the description of this podcast ladies and gentlemen ladies and gentlemen podcast podcasting from sydney australia this is the prime podcast independent unfiltered and uncensored beginning in three two one joel what's happening man chris life is good man i'm out here in uh, bali indonesia originally from perth western australia the uh state of uh mcclown <laughs> as you refer to him mark mcclown uh yeah man so you know it feels like i'm kind of on the sidelines here but it was interesting because i was in australia about a year and a half back i got stuck there trying to get out and everyone around me kept saying you won't be able to leave the country and i'm the type of guy where i like to prove people wrong (laughs) and um gets me in trouble sometimes but i was like look i'm gonna make this happen so i had to jump through literally about nine different hoops to make it happen and you know all these meetings with immigrations and flying across borders and all this other stuff quarantines but uh made it out to bali and uh, it just shows you man like there's a lot of like trash on the media and the government just lies through their teeth and so everyone wouldn't say everyone but most people buy it but Mm. when you actually start reading the fine print on the um the terms and conditions or uh the requirements and or you go and have a conversation with a doctor or someone things start to change people don't get resourceful enough Hmm. and that's that's why a lot of people right now are still feeling like they don't have the freedom they want because they haven't pulled their finger out and got resourceful yeah definitely that's definitely the case um in some cases but um there's also a lot of other places and things where the room for negotiation is extremely minimal, if any. Um, yeah. I just had a, a buddy of mine who um, he just had um, a baby a few weeks ago, and um, he had to go back to the hospital um, for a few things. The baby needed antibiotics and whatnot. Um, and yeah. this is up in Queensland, and man, the, he was treated almost like a criminal a lot of the time. I mean, visits were cut to only two hours at a time, or two hours a day. Um, which is terrible, man. It's disgusting. But, um, you know, some some nurses and, and doctors were completely fine with him being there all day. It didn't bother them. But others, 
you know, you do get those people, and it's not just with COVID, there's many examples of those people that just love having power to say what you can and can't do, right? So um, you definitely got those people who just aren't willing to negotiate, don't want to hear it, you know, it, it's just black and white for them. But yeah, man, like, especially in your case, that's a great example of how, you know, if you speak to the right person on the right day and and you're not, and, and you don't carry on like a fuckwit, like if you carry on like a fuckwit, you're probably not going to get a favorable result. Um, yeah. So yeah, man, I mean, so what were you living in Bali prior than you come back here, then you went back or how long you've been in Bali for? So I've been essentially Bali's been my hotspot for four years, but I was running a retreat with a, a good friend of mine, Sonia uh, in Marrakesh in Morocco. And what was really interesting was, you know, we were out there and there was about three days left on this seven day retreat. We had mostly women uh, who had kids back at home. Right. So you could imagine we're out there doing our thing. And, and then we get the word that the, the world is shutting down. Like they were literally saying the world's shutting down. you got to get back home. And so naturally, women were really freaking out because they were worried that they might not be able to get back home. We're trying to book flights. Flights are getting canceled. Flights were fully booked. So we ended up going down to the airport in uh, Casablanca in Morocco. And dude, I'll tell you what, man, I remember because around that time, I think a lot of people, probably even you, 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 you aren't quite sure what's going on, mm. right? I wasn't jumping to conclusions. I was like, well, you know, they had Ebola, they had the swine flu that, you know, I was like, maybe it's just one of those things, you know, mm. uh, we get to the airport and I'm looking around and I see literally, bro, literally. People screaming, running. I saw um, someone holding somebody like like this or, you know, with their um, shirt all curled up, screaming in their face like they wanted to fight them because they're fighting to get a ticket to get out. I saw fear in the airport, like amplified 100 with all these people running around. And there was thousands of people and they were all screaming and running. I was, and I just stood back and I'm just observing it all. And I'm like, wow, this is what it takes for humanity to lose their crap. That's scary. Like people are scared, worried about their government. People are worried about, you know, their boss or whatever. I'm like, I'm worried about the mob. When you see people yeah. get enraged, that's a problem. Like, I don't want to be anywhere near that. Right. Mm. So, um, yeah, we hustled and got, got some people out. There was one, one lady in the group and she was, she was crying. She was getting really worried. And, and I asked her, you know, what's, what's coming up for you? What's your, your biggest concern? And she said, I don't want to be left behind. And so I was like, look, you're not going to be left behind. If there's anyone left behind, it would be me, you know, because mm. I had to be the leader in that situation, of course. And that was my responsibility. But I was prepared to stay in a Riyadh in Morocco. I was like, if that's what I got to do, maybe I'll stay in a Riyadh for a couple months if I can't get a flight out. And uh, it's crazy, dude, because I actually stayed in a Riyadh for a couple of days. Everyone had left. And, uh, you know, there I was in this deserted, like, town where everybody's locked in and i'm in this riyadh and i get out and i finally get a flight i get an agent that could hustle me a flight but i couldn't get back to bali because i didn't have i was in between visas to process and i had to be there to do it and i couldn't they closed the borders so i had to fly to the gold coast in australia my mate That's was like don't worry man just come stay with me for a couple months you know it'll it'll blow over six months later still there <laughs> yeah, of course but, but dude i was in in morocco they came around they had police and um the army out in Marrakesh. And, um, I was staying in this, this person's place, uh, in between going to the airport 
and uh someone someone's friend they knew this person so i'm staying there i couldn't they couldn't speak a word of english and i'm in this like foreign place with like army everywhere and everything and they come in they check my passport they're all wearing masks and that i wasn't and they're like look you know we're gonna get you to the airport out of here because you know it's getting serious and um I'm going to the airport and there's, there's like army trucks everywhere. Like they're, they're going gangbusters on this. And I, that's when it started to sink in. I was like, mm, maybe this is, this is a little bit more than what we think it is. So by the time I got to Australia and I started seeing Bill Gates was involved in speaking up about this and I knew of Fauci stuff. Cause I'm a, I've never been into vaccines, you know? So I'm, I'm seeing like Fauci spouting off and I was like, nah, something, something feels fishy. So pretty much, April. So March was the month where everyone was kind of trying to work out what's going on. April from then on, I kicked off and I was like, this isn't right. Something's fishy. This is out of alignment. Dude, I was losing followers left, right and center. I lost over like 20 something thousand followers in the space of like three months. I had people hating on me, telling me like, oh, you're soulless. You don't care about people. Um, you're supposed to be a coach. Like, where's your compassion? And, and I was, I, look, look, I probably didn't communicate the best way. Uh, and I've learned a lot since then. Uh, at the same time, I actually had a lot of people uh, over the last six months or a year that have turned around and actually apologized to me and followed. They started following me again. And they said, yeah. I'm sorry, I can see what, that you were right. And it's, I don't, I'm like, I didn't want to be right. Like, yeah, of course. I don't want to be right wrong. about this stuff. Just like you, bro. Like, you don't want to be right about all the, the things that have been happening. You don't want to be right about it because that's not a good thing. So, yeah. Yeah, we've, we've lived in a very interesting uh, tunnel for two years now that's taken everybody through a pretty interesting ride. Yeah, definitely. And I think back when, you know, you said there in March and April when you started speaking about it and sharing your opinions publicly um, and you lost followers and people were saying, you know, you're soulless and the rest of it, you can understand at that point um, why people may have thought that. I mean, even me, man, like back when this all kicked off, um, the first thing I saw was people just face planting in the middle of Wuhan, just dying on the street. I'm like, what the fuck? How bad is this thing? Like, yeah. This is next level, right? Yeah. Um, because I was naive, not completely naive to know that there's always something, you know, in the background, but I didn't think it was the, I thought, you know, this is probably, because it did seem um, quite genuine uh, up front. But as time's gone on, I think, especially today, there's no excuse in my opinion, for anybody to think that um, this is 100% what they claim it to be through, you know, according to the narrative anyway, there's definitely more to it. Yeah. And I, it's funny, I just, before this podcast, I did a podcast with Dr. Ben Tupper and he's, um, he was on to it in like 2017. I, I said to him, I said, hey man, I mean, when did you first think something was sus? Like what part in 2020 is like, what, no, 2017. And, and because he himself um, is, against vaccines he thinks they're unnecessary things are dangerous um and so he was sort of he's been in that space so in 2017 when he noticed a huge push so they were starting to really push this so vaccine is the only way and um he even mentioned that at some place they lit up a statue of jesus and said in vaccines we trust yeah well which is yeah. next level um whether you know i'm not um overly religious but um I, I can understand why a christian like him would be a little bit concerned about that but yeah. um, he was onto it then, thinking something big is coming because there's this, all of a sudden there's just this push that vaccines are so important. What, why is this happening? Yeah. 
So he was onto it quite early on. Um, so then when it happened, he wasn't surprised. I mean, when when they announced the lockdowns, he said, I knew this was it. Like, this is what I thought was going to happen. So you've got people that, but, you know, he's very rare in the sense where, you know, 99 plus percent of people, just the average person, you know, when they first heard about it, they truly believe what they were saying, what they're being told. Because you'd never yeah. think that a government would be that sinister. Like, mm. and, and how much of it they knew about, because like we know now, like the footage, I'm sure you know the footage I'm talking about of people just falling over in the middle of Wuhan yeah, yeah. and dying. Like we now know that is, that, that's bullshit. That's not what happens at yeah. all. That's never happened anywhere else ever. So we yeah. know it's a lie. So why are they mm. lying? What's yeah. the reason for that? Were they just trying to get people scared? And if that's the case, why didn't Western governments and the media try and confirm that rather than just pushing that on everyone's screens for them to see? Because we now know it was it was completely false. So there's been a lot of, um, you know, deceit and untruths, mm. but how much of it um, was intentional? Because I, I guess you look, you can't understand at the beginning and and I do believe that at the beginning of this, some people were acting genuinely um, mm. because there's no, like, even, you know, whatever the motivation behind it, I mean, we've all got our own suspicions, but, you know, they wouldn't get 100% of people on board with it. So there would have definitely been some premiers, some, some prime ministers and presidents around the world that wouldn't have been in on it. And they truly believed that this was happening uh, at that point. But now, as the time got on, we now know a lot of what we're told is a lie. And what I say yeah. to people now, in hindsight, I say, listen, because people criticize me all the time. Well, I get death threats on a daily basis, right? People are just so angry at what I speak about. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, let's stop for a second and go back and think. I want you to think, okay, the footage of people dropping dead in Wuhan, we now know, and you know, that's a lie. Like, you can't defend that. It's a lie, a blatant lie. There's one. Yeah. Vaccines are 100% effective at stopping you contracting the virus. That's what they claim. Pfizer claimed that back in January 2021 or February 2021. That's a lie. Um, I mean, there's so many examples. The COVID safe app is our way out of the pandemic. I don't know if you remember that. Scott Morrison yeah. was getting up every day trying to sell us on that idea. Um, that literally done nothing. And I'm pretty sure it only identified like two cases. Like it was completely useless and cost millions of dollars and just waste of money and time. Yeah. So that was a lie. Like, if you go through, there's so many things that have happened um, that have proven to be false that were pushed on us from the get-go. So that's what I say to people now when I say that, that this might happen or this is probably going to happen in the near future. Don't call me a liar just because you don't believe it. Think back about what you've been lied to by the same people you trust to this day. Think about mm. how much they've lied. We seem to have collectively a very short memory. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. Look, there's something bigger going on here, right? You and I know this, and I can see by the way that you talk about it on your socials, that you know that this isn't even about health, right? Like they're making it about it. That's the distraction. They're making it about it because that's one of the entry points. And they've got multiple entry points to this. What it's about is control, ultimately. Yeah. And it has been from the beginning of time. You know, I studied history, studied theology, which is a study of religion, um, aspects of philosophy and when we have a look back even in the babylonian era you know this is way back before the before rome before greece before uh meta persia there was babylon and even back then they would have wished they had this amount of control like they do now 
Like that's just been what the, the state has wanted for the longest time. And so the state has set up this like tentacle like system in place to be able to maintain power and control. Because if you have a look back at history, 250 years ago, you have the French Revolution. You know what happened there? Mm. Right. They, 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 they basically pulled the piss out of, took advantage of the people, the working class people to the point where they ran them all the way down into the ground. Right. And they, they were living their high life in luxury. These people got so pissed. They went, they turned around and went after the royalty and the celebrity. They were walking around in the streets with celebrity heads and royalty heads on a stick. They were cutting their heads off in guillotines. Even the guy, I can't remember his, his first name, his last name was guillotine, who created the guillotine, his head even rolled. They threw him in a guillotine too. Oh, These wow. people were angry, man. Like That's what I'm saying. The mob's the scary part, right? Mm. And so, you know, this revolution kicked in. And, and what it was, was it was the people fighting against a central power. So you have that. Then you look at 250 years before that. It's weird how there's this cycle. 250 years before that, you had the Protestant Reformation. This is where those that, that started to see within the, I'm not saying Roman Catholic people, but the, the Catholic system as a religious institution, they were combined together with church and state power. That's very dangerous. You get religion and politics together and government together. That is very dangerous. That's not what you want. So, so there was a movement of people that wanted to decentralize from a central power and said, enough is enough. We want to read the Bible for ourselves. We want to be able to live in relationship with God, not religion with God. So they fought against it and broke away. That's why you have so many denominations in Christianity. It's called Protestant to protest church and state. You know, so we've had this like weird kind of back and forth has been going on for thousands and thousands of years but the last two uh last 500 years 250 double cycles we see this breaking away from a centralized power so the question is like when we get to this point here now where we're at and there is this massive threat like there's never been before of a centralized power getting hold like they never have been able to up until now what do we do as people right because if Mm. because i i think the protestants in, in that time, like, you know, there was always fighting and there was, there was, unfortunately, there was, there was wars and there was um, violence. Like, it's just like, we don't, we kind of don't know how to do it unless we get aggressive. Um, the question is, are we going to handle it in a different way this time around? Are we going to be the bigger people? Because like, I don't want to be around when people flip and create a revolution and start getting violent because the question is, is that, is that better then, or is it just as bad? So that's one of my biggest concerns moving forward, especially with the, this whole agenda 2030, whatever they're trying to plan. I, I'm a believer in God, like um, Dr. Ben too. And, you know, I, I see what's happening here, man. I study the scriptures. I study prophecy and you know, Dan, the book of Daniel and all the prophecies in there that came true. Revelation, where, 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 if you look at the scriptures, 88% of prophecies have been fulfilled. There's only 12% left. And those last 12% happen very, very rapidly at the end of times. We're in the last days. When you look at the prophecy of Daniel, we're actually right at the, the, it's the toes of the statue of Nebuchadnezzar, which has all been prophesied with every empire that's already come thousands and thousands of years back. So we're in it, man, whether you like it or not, like you can either deny it or not, or you can say, wait a minute, there is something going on here. There's a spiritual battle at play. You can't deny that there's a battle of good and evil. We're seeing it happen and it's been expressed in human form. It's been influenced spiritually. And what's happened right now is, we have, we have an option of two, whether people like it or not. There's the cross, 
which is like, go to Christ. Christ has showed us the way out of this fallen kingdom in the matrix, or you have the machine. And as you can see, the machine is getting more and more powerful. So society now is being embedded more and more into the machine where it becomes harder and harder to break away from it. There's never been a time like this where we've actually been empowered enough to self-develop and have our autonomy and independence to become whatever the freaking hell we want to become. And at the same time, being a system in a machine of the most control that it's ever been able to yield upon us. It's yeah, well, never happened like this. You know what, man, even from, because obviously some people that listen to this won't be religious and that's, that's fine, obviously, but you know, I'm not religious either, by the way, I, I, I hate religion. I can't stand it. I have a relationship with God. There's a difference. <laughs> well, well, you know, it, it does get warped. And I think people sometimes, you know, push, you know, cause the message that you've just got across then is perfect. Cause it's a, it's a fact. Um, but people need to, you know, understand the end of time is not necessarily a religious term. It's a fact. Now, if you look at the way the world is at the moment, it's hard to imagine, as I said, whether you're religious or not, it's hard to imagine that this can be sustained for much longer. You've got, mm. obviously, with what's happening now for the past two years, um, but more so, like, in the midst of all, there's been so much other stuff that's transpired. I mean, you've got, now you've got, um, you know, transgender athletes wanting to play sport. You've got people that are, um, you know, getting in trouble for, for sharing an opinion just because it goes against the minority group. Like, yeah. you know, if, if I was to jump on and it's actually happened to you before and I was having a conversation, I don't know what prompted it, but I made a statement that I don't find um, fat people sexually attractive, right? Which, which was just, that, that's fair. That's my opinion. The same reason, I, I you know, some people don't find blondes attractive some people don't find brunettes attractive i don't find fat people attractive I'm not saying they're not nice people or i don't like them i'm gonna say i don't find them sexually attractive i got suspended for that right for sharing just my honest opinion i wasn't trying to hurt like hurt anybody's feel just general conversation right so you've got suppression of one one side which is typically what they would refer to as the right if, if you're sort of on the right um anything you you do say is, is up for scrutiny. Um, but yeah. yeah, people on the right are conservatives. They're trying to conserve what we have, like what, the lives that we've had up until this point. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think all progression is good. Just because it's progressive, I don't, doesn't mean it's good. I mean, mm. you've now got down in Victoria, they're talking about, you know, removing mandatory reporting for sexual, uh, for sex, uh, sex offenders on the sex offenders yeah. register. Yeah, I saw that. That's nice. That's crazy, right? So you've got society which is decaying at the block. It's 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 sick, like it's unhealthy. It's not good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So this can't make like this can't. It's not sustainable because it's gonna get like it's gonna get to a point where you know it's just beyond repair. Where it's would so you say? Damage. Would you say that evil has infiltrated the space? Definitely. Um, some form yeah. of evil definitely has, and. Yeah, you know, I think there's it's it's dehumanizing us. Like only a few, so well, a few years ago, I went to an event called the Aware Campaign, and what it was was about the dangers of of pornography. This was a few years ago now, maybe maybe more, five six years ago, and I sat in that seminar and I was like, wow, I don't, I didn't realize like exactly what porn was. Like obviously, you know what porn is at the very yeah. surface, but like the messaging in pornography, like they've, they've changed the way we view sex, which is the most 
let's be honest, it, it's it's the one thing that's always been throughout history and will never go away. People always don't have sex, right? Um, yeah. And they've taken that, which should be a beautiful thing, right? Husband, mm. wife is a beautiful thing. And they've taken that and they've, they've twisted it and it's become a perverted act where you've seen how it's changed over the years. Like when I was a teenager in high school, like extreme stuff was like lesbian, like it was lesbian porn. It was like, that was like there, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Now, um, only a report I read the other day, the most searched terms in 2020, 2021 was step parents and step siblings, right? Th- to me, that's sick. Like it, it, it doesn't, it's not a good thing. Like you're normalizing that act because, you know, kids that are growing up and then they go to high school and their friends start showing them porn, they're going to grow up thinking that that's normal, mm. right? Um, so right. they've they've shaped, they've twisted a few things. Like, again, that report that I read the other day, there was a video title and it was like, um, I can't remember, it was like um, three black men destroy white slut in front of her pasty white husband, something along those lines. I'm pretty sure it was those wow. exact words. And I'm like, that's just fueling division. Like that's that that's almost mm-hmm. racist. Like if I imagine if it was reversed, can you imagine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. they they have ways of of twisting and and dehumanizing us and 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 stripping us of our morals. Where you know, if you would have said 40 years ago that you can watch porn of of you know a stepfather fucking his stepdaughter, there's no way people would believe you because it's mm. so sick. Well, here's the thing, man. Like, we blame society. That's what we do. But we are society, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I told someone on a podcast recently, we talked about this, and we talked about, like, let's be real. We live in a world of good and evil. And I said, the evil that was in the heart of Hitler, that's in you and I, too. The potential for that is in you and I. We're making decisions to not do that, obviously, but it's there. It's nuts. And that's the corruption of the human soul that's in play right now, right? That's why, you know, when I look at the scriptures, man, it's the only thing that makes the most sense to me is like this narrative that's unfolding that we're a part of this, this battle for your soul is real, you know? So I'm looking at, you know, what's unfolding here, dude, all it's doing is validating the, the, the scriptures and the prophecies to me. That's all it's doing is just tell me what we already knew a long time ago. Um, but like, there's some things we really get to contend with, right? Like we do have this problem in society with, pornography we have this division that is being fueled um we're all scared of each other right really let's just be real there's there's fear and the way that i see it is that like everyone has a tent and then on your tent you have like a bunch of labels and stickers says you know i'm a conservative um you know i voted for trump um you know i i I like the my pillow guy you know like whatever it is for you Mm. right and and i love you know my guns or whatever and then you have someone over here on the left we call it the left, but it's like a tent where it says, you know, LGBTQ plus, uh, you know, vote for Bernie Sanders and, you know, all this stuff. So then we're all kind of repping something, right? Mm. What we do is we tend to like look at that tent and go, they're, they're in that tent. We don't know exactly who's in that tent, really, because we don't really know them because we're not allowing to even know who they are, really, like their character mm. and, and have a conversation. And the, the, everyone's just kind of defending their tents and their claims. So then there's this like intimidation of like, what are they doing? They're setting up tent. Their tent's getting bigger. They're getting more exposure on this tent. They're, wa- they're going to wage war on us. And so there becomes this really big insecurity in the space where everyone starts prepping their weapons to fight. 
and they say things and they go back and forth, you know, leftists are going to take over, right wings are doing this, you know, and it becomes this battle between us. Meanwhile, the centralized power is laughing their head off and they're orchestrating the next move, you know? So, Good point. And, and even in there, the orchestration that's going on isn't always 100% of everybody. There's some people up there that are very so separated from the reality that most people here in society, like I say here, like maybe middle class, lower class, uh, would 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 even be experiencing. They don't know. Like they legitimately don't know. I've met some really wealthy people that that are totally disconnected from like what the experience is like for someone that's middle class because they've been rich for too long. You know? Mm-hmm. So they may like you could have someone like like us, right? And I say us, like maybe middle class, upper middle class, whatever you want to call it. And and, and someone would say like yeah, you know, like it's it's really threatening. I'm worried about the government. I'm worried about, you know, losing jobs. I'm worried about... And then you got this other guy over here who's like planned to buy his next house and he just bought a boat and he's like invested in this company that's doing pretty well and he's ready to go on his next trip. The Their like perception of the world is, is literally worlds apart. So I never expect that everyone's going to have to understand each other. But I think that what we get to do is we get to look at it and, and, and actually rise above and zoom out and have a look at ultimately the division doesn't help anybody. It's not going to help us. It's actually going to be a problem. If you have a look at what happened with the freedom convoys, remember in Canada Mm. and Trudeau started like freezing people's bank accounts and like shutting down their bank accounts. There were people that didn't agree with the freedom convoy. They were like, Oh, those guys are neo-Nazis or they're fascists, whatever people were saying in, in, in whatever faction, someone might've been in the middle saying that someone might've been on the left saying that or whatever. But ultimately, when those people's accounts sh- were shut down, everyone should have freaked. But because mm. they're so in their freaking tent, they didn't see it. They're so like fixed in their freaking identity of who they think they are that they've created to put themselves in a box so that they feel safe, that they couldn't see the threat that is yielded upon humanity as a whole when that happened. Because someone that goes and murders someone in Canada doesn't get their bank account shut down. Someone that rapes someone doesn't get their bank account shut down. But someone that goes out and has a different political view gets their bank account shut down. That should be a massive concern for everyone across the board, no matter what faction or tent you think you're in. Like this is a problem. And and, and this is why I say if we can zoom out and look at the bigger picture here, this has got nothing to do with, with health. It's got nothing to do with you know, these shots. They're they're just tools and vehicles utilized to instill more control. And I think we're up against one of the biggest battles in, in history with this technological war that's about to be, you know, unfolding. And so maybe we'll go through seasons where it feels like there's peace and calm and we'll go through seasons of storms. But what I would say is, if you think about this, there's a saying, never waste a good crisis. There's no way that you're going to just let this one go. There's a, there's a vacuum that has been created. If you have a look throughout history, Whenever there was a big dictator that came into play or some sort of like war or some sort of like massive thing that happened that shifted these tectonic plates in history, it was because a vacuum was created beforehand. COVID was the first big, big vacuum that was big enough to create a space. We had obviously the George Floyd incident, which don't even get me started on that. Um, and then you got the, you know, the, the Russia and Ukraine thing that's going on over there. Unfortunately, innocent people are caught in the crosshairs. That's, that's very sad and, and not good. Um, but we're seeing these like attempts at widening the vacuum so that something can fill the space. That's what they're doing. They're, they're literally artificially creating a vacuum to fill the space with the next thing that they want to put in play. And I'm over here filling it with God. I'm like, 
I'm not playing the game that they're playing. I'm not buying into the things they want to buy. I have my truth, my love, my liberty. I've got all this, no matter how crazy the world gets. Yeah. But I'm really concerned for people that don't even have that. If they're not even considering that, man, like what have they got to look, to look forward to? Yeah, and it, look, it, it's very hard. I mean, we're living in very difficult times. And I think people often message me and ask me, how do I manage in terms of the mental stress? And because I'm sort of right in the middle of it, I yeah. guess, right? Yeah. Um, and it's easy, man, because I have faith. I know that that collectively there's a lot more of us than there is of them. Um, and the problem we've got to get on top of is the division because yes, there is a lot more of us than them by far, but at the moment we're split in so many different things. And, and, you know, Twitter is, is an interesting space, especially at the moment because you've got um, Elon Musk, who's, who's bought and taken over. Um, and you've got the people on the left that are having a fucking brain aneurysm over that. Um, and they're freaking <laughs> yeah, out. I'm like, what, what exactly are you worried about? Like, are you that concerned about people, being able to speak freely. Obviously, I'll never condone or support or get involved with hate speech and racism. And that's not free speech. That's just someone who's a piece of shit. If you look at someone else and, and, you know, differently because of their skin color, then that's a reflection of you, not on them. But, you know, what exactly are you scared of? Are you, what what are you, what are they worried about? That's that's the problem is that we have this huge division and, and platforms like Twitter do fuel it. Um, yeah. Instagram, not so much, not like Twitter. Twitter's next level, right? For, for that. But it's it's interesting to see how the last few weeks has unfolded. And Let, like, let's put it let's put it like this, dude. I want you to really look at it like this because I think it's a great way to, to to really view it. If that's the case, the left are really concerned about Twitter. It's kind of valid. It's kind of valid. If we if we put the shoe on the other foot and we look at like how we were concerned about the vaccines, they probably would be saying the thing, same thing to us. Oh, why are you so concerned? This is what's been happening. See this? They're creating this left-right swing, left-right swing, left-right swing. It's happening. It's being fueled. The media is pushing and getting everyone to buy into this, being concerned about each other's tent. Do you think Elon Instead Musk of- buying Twitter was, was a genuine thing or do you think there's more behind him purchasing Twitter? Well, I mean, it goes, uh, let's use Donald Trump as an example, right? I, I, I think this, I think good intentions, poor performance, right? I, I think that genuinely these, these two dudes, Trump and, and Musk had good intentions and probably still do. Um, poor performance in a sense that um, little do they know because they're so absorbed in what they want to achieve within their career, within their uh, you know, status, that they don't know that they're actually catering to the machine. That's why I'm saying like, it's going to become as we climb higher up the tower of Babel that's being created right now, a technological Babel with this technocracy, people are going to get to a point where they're so layered with the deceptions. They don't even know that they're actually playing the game as much as they say they're not, they still are. And it's, it's because by nature, the beast system of the machine has gotten big enough to absorb people, whether they like it or not. And, you know, in, in the scriptures, Christ says, come out of Babylon, my people. That's what he says in the last days, come out of Babylon, my people. And when you, when you look at Babylon, even the word Babel means confusion, mm. right? The Tower of Babel, God split it because they were coming together to try and become like gods themselves, essentially to reach for the heavens and, and do their own thing. So it, it was split, right? There's so many great lessons that we can see in the scriptures looking back in these like types and anti-type cross-references from Old to New Testament. 
but we see this and, and it's like, cool. Well, back then that was a concern. One of the worst things to have, which is God's huge concern is for good and evil people to come together because ultimately good becomes diluted by evil. So there is as much as everyone's like unity, unity, equality, equality, like, yeah, love one another, be compassionate and all that. But do know that if you're involved in a system that where somebody that's godless has control and there's a unification of good and evil, you better bet that evil is going to eventually corrupt the good. It spoils it. This is why Christ says we are the salt of the earth. If you understand them, that what salt does, like back in Jesus' time, uh, 2000 years ago, the, the Jews, what they used to do was they used to put um, salt in with the soil. It used to keep all the bad bacteria out. It actually stopped the uh, soil being spoiled. And what it means is, is like if we, can, if we can come in and be the salt of the earth where we don't play the game of the beast system, because the beast system has created a conveyor belt and it doesn't matter left or right or up or that, you know, like, you know, mm. LGBTQ, the right wing, whatever. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't care. It's just, it's trying to get you onto a conveyor belt that leads you into a beast system to act in a beastly manner. If you've acted in a beastly manner, now your soul's on the line. And that's why, like, even for me, I got to check myself, man. Like there's things that frustrate me. I get angry about, but I also got to look and be like, is this, Am I feeling the division? Am I actually still part of the machine or am I separate from? And we've been in the machine for a very long time. It's crept up on us. You know, because we're probably around a similar age. I'm 35. How old are you? 29. 29. So Two like- years, close. We think, we think back, even like five years back, man, good days, dude. Good times, yeah. man. Like 10 years back. Wow. You wouldn't even have to think about this stuff, really. Yeah. You know? So, so we're in a time now where you and I can learn from that and know what it is like when things are flow. But, but I think a lot of people are still standing in this with a lot of ignorance, thinking that they're actually fighting the machine, but they're still a part of it. And it takes a, very a lot good of point. humility to come out of it. That's, um, that's very, a very good perspective because, I, look, we all do it. I do it on a daily basis. You do, I, I know, I know when, you, when you do it because it's very obvious. So I'll see you comment yeah. in a post. I'm like, oh, he's fired up. I see it. <laughs> yeah man exactly but it exactly. happens it happens bro we're, we're only human there's like, fragments dude there's fra we'll put it this like for me there's aspects of it that i've that i've taken personally too which i still get to improve on even within myself because my mom my dad and my brother all lost their jobs they didn't get vaxxed none of them um so they they don't have work you know my brother's working with me now um he has a baby coming along literally like today or tomorrow like his wife's about to give birth but he can't go in to see the baby give birth you know, so he's in WA. Um, so on top of that, no, 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 he can. He can be there for the for the pregnancy, uh, the the delivery. But once the baby's delivered, he has to leave after an hour, as if like COVID knows the exact time that they can go and approach my brother. It's just nuts, dude. My dad has been nursing. He was an emergency theater nurse for forty five years. Well, they fired him. They let him go. They let him go. Then they sent him into a class work, classroom workshop thing to basically school him on why he should have taken the vaccine. And he had his last chance. And my dad sat there for an hour and, and this guy just went on. And my dad, and then they, the guy goes, any questions? My dad says, yeah. Why do you sound like Bill Gates and Fauci parroting information? He's like, why aren't you your own person sharing your actual opinion? You sound like you're reading off a piece of paper about what, you're, what we're supposed to do. My dad got up and left. He, he's left, man. No thank you for the 45 years of work he's put in as a nurse. For, for, he said he's worked with some of the top doctors in Australia, man. 
like he's he's been a part of helping to save over 10,000 plus people's lives and they boot him out just like that because he won't take a shot you know my mom was an aged care nurse sitting there praying for for men and women that were dying on their deathbed she's she's seen so many people die she's been there for them for uh, 29 years and they fired her her boss said to her I wish that we didn't have to let you go. But he said, if you come back to work, you will get a $20,000 fine and we will get over a $100,000 fine from the government. This is the type of pressure Mm. people are under, man. You know, so like, it's hard to not get frustrated at that. You know what I mean? But I'm saying this because maybe someone right now might be resonating and going, wow, this gets real. You know, well, so it's an I injustice. Been- At the end of the day, it's an injustice. And I think everyone yeah. should stand up and, and should be vocal about any injustice. doesn't matter how We're big or small. We're in a selfish world, bro. We're in a very selfish world, man. Everyone got a lot of what they wanted to get and they've gotten very selfish, man. We need to practice humility. We, we need to, to actually, you know, have that gratitude and know that like when someone's suffering, man, it's real. Like there was a guy out here who um, in Bali was got deported. He was like, doing a video dancing on on like a holy mountain and he didn't know right and it was like cultural appropriate misappropriation and so they they kicked him out and then i saw the amount of people that were hating on him oh you white piece of crap and like go home and like you're responsible for colonization so there's like wounding that's coming up right Mm. and i'm not saying that colonization didn't happen even out here in in indonesia it did by the dutch Mm. but when you see this you see it and, and think like damn man like everyone's wounded and they're projecting wounds on each other and 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 i had to tell someone because they shared it and they were kind of laughing about it one of my friends and i messaged him and i go bro i want to have a conversation with you man and he's like what and i said you don't know this but i had a conversation with that guy that got deported because he's broken man i said you never know he could neck himself he's he's depressed right now he's he's on the brink of suicide and and you're like fueling the fire you know i said it's not all you but i said like you haven't put yourself in his shoes, you know? So I think the last two years, we're either going to come out of this man, like practicing, putting ourselves in different people's shoes and seeing like what it would be like, or we're not, we're not going to learn the lesson. And then things will only get worse. Like it has to start with us, bro. Everyone's waiting Mm. for the government. Like, Oh, hopefully this next guy gets elected. They're not elected. They're selected. Mm. I don't know where you guys got this whole, like, Oh, we're waiting for the elections. They get selected. It's very obvious now. The most corrupt people that that seemingly most people hate and despise goes back into office on the next turn. It's like, how did that guy get back into office? Well, Macron just won. Just won the office. As I was say, he just won the. I remember the French people day and night out on the streets in France, protesting against that guy, and now he's. Yeah, look, there's no way. Telling you, he's selected. They're, they're all World Economic Forum people who are being selected, bro. This is all being carefully positioned. We don't live in a in a country. I mean, you're in Australia, bro. I freaking love my country, man. I love Australia. It's just, it's really hard to watch what's happening, man. You know, mm. even when I was there, when I was in it, and I was just like, man, this is this is not the Australia I know. But there is no like patriotism anymore, like there used to be. Like, there's no national pride of like your country in the upper levels i'm saying I'm not saying you i'm saying like in the upper levels in government the representatives are just they're very like there's only a few you know there's only a few rare ones like senator malcolm roberts and like mm. pauline hansen and and a number of others you know they're like, globalists let's be honest morrison and and Albert we live in a globalist world bro we live in a globalist yeah. world and this is what it's been from the beginning of time this is the tower of babel man this is what we've Christ we've was. lost we've lost i'll tell you how what we've lost so we have lost the ability like america i love america for the simple fact that they're so proud to be american 
like the flags out front of houses, all up and down streets. Like they're so proud of their country. Here, we can't. People we're used to. I've, I've seen it. I've witnessed it change in my life already in my lifetime, where people are afraid to speak out about how much they love their country because they do that. You're racist. You, you're this. You're that. You, you know, yeah. people. People are scared. Like honestly, people are scared to boast about the love for their country because they get boxed into your, you know, you're, you're this, you're that, you're you're racist, you're a white supremacist, you're. This. I'm telling you, it's bad. It gets very bad. Yeah, well, and, and that's part the, of the division, right? That's in, what they do. In, in the scriptures, it even Christ says that you be hated for my name. So, like, even those that are, and I'm not talking religion here because I want to really define the difference. Religion is an institution. I do not agree with religion. When Christ walked the earth, he taught the way. He called it the way, mm. and and the disciples were called the followers of the way. It was only when Rome, with their empirical power, when they stepped in with their law and order, and brought the hammer down. They brought in uh, this this rule of they called they called the disciples anyone that followed the teachings of Christ they called them little Christ and then it turned into Christians and then it turned into Christianity, even Catholicism means universal, so they would like now be set on this mission to universal universally bring out this religious institution and system which they're like we couldn't conquer all the lands ourselves because we became morally corrupt and corroded from the inside out so let's turn our what was our empire into a religion and try and take over the world. And then that's where you have like the birthing of Islam that, and these wars, these religious wars that started kicking off and everything. This is a battle that was used as religion as a vehicle, but that was never what it was in its purest form. It was like, love, love your, your neighbor, love one another. Like you, you love yourself, love your father. You know, like it's like simple moral principles and basically a game plan to come out of this matrix and so there's been a war about it ever since. And, you know, I, I see this and I see like the more that there are layers and layers of deception and lies, because from the beginning of time, when sin entered the world, and I see sin as the violation of purpose, it violates the purpose of our original design that God's originally designed us to be in. Yeah. It corrupts humanity. And so, you know, there's more and more layers of lies. It's like, a, it's, you know, like on those old school projectors where you have like a template, it's like a transparent mm. sheet with some writing on or drawing, you lay it over the top and it projects. So we literally on the original design that God originally designed us to be in, you talk about the family unit and all these things mm. that are like pure and, and, and the most functioning. Some people might debate on that, but I, I believe it truly is. Then you lay a template after template after template after template after template after template. And then there's this like empire that now wants to rule all of that. And there's there's like 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 100,000 layers of distortion and lies. The truth is often surrounded by a bodyguard of lies. It's like, where's the truth anymore? How do we find the truth? So the truth is becoming more and more valuable that every second it goes by in each day. And people don't understand that you're going to be judged for speaking the truth. You're going to be um, persecuted for walking in the truth. That's where we're headed, whether you like it or not. It's already happening on a lesser scale, but I mean, I've had, I've had that many and, and look, since um, losing my job back in August for the, because of the mandate, um, what I do online has been, everything has been providing for my family. Right. So it's very important to me. And I'm very lucky I have this show and everything's going well in that sense. But, you know, when you have, you know, what your account, which I'm sure you, you know, the, but you know what it's like, right? When your yeah. account gets, gets banned and, and, you know, slapped with shadow bans and censorship and all the rest of it, 
um, it makes a difference. Like it stops me from from directly impacts me earning money, right? Yeah. Um, and why? Why is that happening? Because I said that I'll give you a great example that um, a study out of Israel, peer reviewed study out of Israel said that if you're vitamin D deficient, you're like nine times more likely to end up with um, serious uh, complications of COVID. That's a fact. I didn't create that. That's a fact. It's a peer reviewed study in Israel. That was, that's what got me banned for on my main, main account for three months. Yeah. Right. It's like, yeah. that's the truth. Like, what do you mean? Like you just censured me for telling the truth. Now you go on these, these sites and they still have information up about the vaccine being, you know, close to hundred percent effective at stopping you from getting it. There's still videos of Fauci and Bill Gates saying that you can't catch COVID if you get vaccinated. Well, we know that's a lie, right? But yet there's been no sanctions. Those posts are still readily available. And it's a blatant lie. Like it's, it's, it's not true, but then that's okay. But, you know, for someone like myself and many others who have said something that turned out to be true, because that you know we've got too big to hide and to cover it up. Yeah. Then there's no apology. There's no hey, sorry, we fucked your account up for the last three months. Here you go. Like it's none of that. Um, not, so you know what, and what that leads to is self censorship. So you want to say oh, it happens to me. I'll, I'll think of sharing something. I'll think shit. I probably shouldn't share that because it might get me in trouble. Even though it's true. Like I have, I've second guessed myself in sharing the truth. Are they clamping down? Do you feel like they're clamping as hard as they were or are they kind of eased back a bit because the narrative is just dying in the ass? I think that they've eased up a little bit, um, but not where they need to be. Um, I know now they're, they're starting to really knuckle down on climate change and also the Ukraine situation. Dude, dude I mentioned Agenda 2030 six months ago and they smashed me so hard. They smashed me so hard, bro. But they that's a fact. COVID- they put a COVID warning on my agenda 2030 and I mentioned nothing about COVID or no shots or anything. And I, and I was like, they're like limiting me already with COVID stuff. That's got nothing to do with it. So, and I'm like, Oh, is COVID and, and agenda 2030 linked? Is it? Well, must you be. know, so like, well, of course they're exposed. Yeah. Yeah. We know that, but it's like, they're exposing themselves by trying to cover the truth. And this is what happens, man. Like the truth cuts through. They say that, um, you know, a lie will make its way, you know, halfway around the world before the truth can even tie its shoelaces. You know, it's just how it is, man. And we see that, right? Like, finally, things are coming out to a degree. We may have been seeing it for a year and a half, two years. I had Dr. Robert Young, if you know Dr. Young, um, on on my, um, you know, one of my courses and my podcast and that, man, this guy, like, you know, arrested, you know, because he was talking about... uh, the fact that like cancer is linked to these vaccines and, and all that. And this guy was like arrested. And then, you know, they went through like all his like patient files and they're trying to like throw him under the bus. They threw like 30 different charges at him and he's, he's innocent on all of them. You know, like Mm. this is, this is the thing. They just throw something at the wall and go like, maybe some, one of these things will stick, but what they're doing is they're trying to put him out of business, you Mm. know, and, and he's, you know, he's really feeling it. And I, and I said, you know, he said that, ultimately you know one of his his uh kids was like why do you do this and he's like i can't stop he's like when you've seen what i've seen under millions and millions of dollars microscopes he's got this electron microscopy in the lab and he's tested the vials of these shots he knows what's in it bro he Mm. sees what happens on a cellular level to the body when someone has the shot in them that has a certain volume of metals in it 
and is grabbing like he's like this is not good i'm he's like i'm telling you it's not good he's like this is this is not good stuff but we also don't know the volume of what's in it because it's randomized. He said, he's like, even your GP would have no idea what the volume of these metals are that are in the shots. They have no idea to even say that, but the batch numbers on the shots are linked back to a system where they know. So everyone's put on this like batch number system. And you have some people that will have, you know, 80% metals. Someone will have 50% metals. Someone will have 20% or none. Just saline. Like you don't know what you got in you you know so that's crazy those type of things are super concerning to me bro it's like why would you you know like when he showed me the visuals because he's got visual proof he's showing it all man like when you got mm-hmm. visual proof of what's what's happening to the cells i literally i felt like i was gonna cry bro and i asked him like, how do you do this work he says man i get emotional all the time he says i think about the little kids that are gonna get this and he's like i, I just i weep like he's like it's hard to watch this and i can tell he, he gets all emotional in that when he talks about it it's real man and, you know, I see this and, and I, I can see, man, there's this direct attack on God's original design. We have immune systems built within us, man. If we looked after our freaking immune systems, we wouldn't have anything to worry about. The Balinese out here, not all of them, but some of the locals I talk to, bro, I'm like, hey, you, you worried about COVID? They laugh, man. The lady <laughs> said to me the other day, she goes, we have dengue fever. She says, no COVID, we have dengue fever. You know, so they're laughing about this, bro, like. But they know, you know, their, their government's been corrupt for a long time. They know that. And, you know, there's a lot of things that happen over here that it wouldn't happen in Australia too. But they kind of just, they know it. So they're, they're wise to it a bit more than the Aussies. I think the thing about Australia, bro, is we haven't gone through a revolution. We haven't had a dictator. We haven't had civil wars. So we're, we're actually a very innocent country from a sense of, um, our uh, understanding of what it's like to have to rise up against a central power. We haven't had to do that. And I feel like Australia and New Zealand were like these two innocent little girls. If you could mm. to compare it like age-wise compared to all the mm. other countries that have been around for much longer. And then like when the, all the, the CV-19 stuff happened, the, the world just stood by and just watched these two little girls get raped. Like that's what mm. it literally looked like for Australia and New Zealand. And I was just like, this is happening. You know, and, and like, I know there's an intensity to this, but I look at it and I just think like, are we going to come out of this more wiser, making sure that we layer out the, the tape and say, you're not crossing this line anymore. This we've had enough, or we're going to keep buying into the game of like two steps forward, one step back, two step forward, one step back. That's what I think point, will happen. We'll have that two step forward, one step back. Uh, you know, for some reason, these people like, the people that generally will send me messages and abuse, you know, messages of abuse and death threats. And they're so invested, like emotionally invested in the government and the pharmaceutical industry. I'm like, why would you go out on a limb to threaten my life for a government that probably don't even know you exist besides your name on a paper and a pharmaceutical industry, they don't give a fuck about you or your family at all. They don't care whether you live or die. They want you to stay alive so they can make money off you. That's all they care about. I was like, how could you target another fellow Australian who isn't, I'm not spreading a message of hate at all. I'm spreading yeah. a message of, of this is what's happening. We need to understand that this is happening so we can move in a positive direction and make progress instead of we're stuck in the same position. Like we're worse off today than we were when it started because We've allowed them to creep into our lives. We've allowed them to, you know, COVID safe app, tell us to stay away from our parents and grandparents for months on end. 
You know, yeah. they've, they've done that. They've just QR code scanning when you go into a shopping center, get vaccinated against your will. If you don't want to do it, they've forced you to do it. Otherwise you'll have no job, yeah. right? Download the app on your phone, show people, show a stranger at the front of, of Kmart that you're vaccinated, even though it's none of their business, what you do. And, and nothing to do with your health is anyone's business, especially those person standing at the front of Kmart, right? Like they've conditioned you that fast in two yeah. years because i said to you two years ago would you be willing to walk outside and show someone your medical history people would laugh and say no fucking no would you be happy to voluntarily share your whereabouts and how long you were there with the government voluntarily people would say no way what would i do that for but yet within the space of two years people are doing it with a smile on their face like, well, you know, you know what's happening, right? Like, you know, because I coach, I've been coaching for 13 years now. And we talk a lot about the importance of being in your values. Mm-hmm. What I saw happening was you saw two years straight of people trying to pull each other into their own value systems. Mm-hmm. And I had to really think about it, bro. Like at one point, uh, even like even with my belief in Christ, right? Because I get, you know, some people give me a bit of a hard time about that. And that's okay. I'm okay with that. I had to really think about it when I first really went in and took hold of it and, and developed in my, in my beliefs around that seven years back, there was definitely a stage of two years or so where I was like really defensive about it, like trying to prove, you know, oh no, but it says this and then, you know, again, like, mm. like that on my back foot and people were doing that too throughout uh, the last two years. And sometimes you, you have the, so much validity to, to actually share it in evidence. It's like, fair enough. But mm. sometimes people were doing it emotionally. Like, I want you to agree with me. Yeah. You need to agree with me, right? And and so I see this and I think to, think like it's funny because if I need to try and convince someone over and over, like it's so important for me to convince them, then maybe I don't believe it enough. Because mm. there's when in you believing what you believe, to be able to gracefully have a conversation, to be centered in it, and to go, well, that person's missing out on something, and you can quite easily walk away knowing that you just centered yourself in that, but you didn't lose your stuff because you don't need to convince that's when you believed it. You know, it's the same as um, if you've ever, I mean, I know you, you got a partner, but like, you know, back in the day when you're dating or somebody here is listening to this right now, it's like mm. when you're in the dating scene, if you're, you go for a date and this person's heavily trying with desperation to try and like overdo it to try and win you over. And it, it's like, you look at that person and think this person doesn't actually ha- believe they have the value. That's why yeah. they're trying to overcompensate. So like it was really interesting to see over the last two years just watching how people were overcompensating on certain things and not knowing when to like walk away from conversation. Like you and I have been speaking up a lot. You still speak up more. Like I kind of like, I, I went into a different passage with launching my businesses and everything. I've been supporting people for years around uh, decentralization. So I'm still doing that, but I see it. And like, it's a tough spot to be in sometimes because you can get pulled into the energy of that. And then like, you, you got to pull back sometimes and be like, wait a minute, I don't, there's no convincing it needs to be done. It's like, here's what you might want to consider. And you let people kind of come to that themselves. People are going to be more empowered when they connect the dots. And a lot of people were trying to force each other to like grab the dot and see it. And it's like, you can't, that person's not ready for that. Their value system says to them, safety is more important than freedom. Yeah, And so they go, and you saw it, bro. Cause when you saw like, remember in Australia, they did this big push and everyone had to rush out and get their first shot. Mm. So they had, they said, who knows what they really have done, but they said like 80% or whatever, or 90% got their first shot. And what happened was there was massive resistance on the second one. You know why? 
Because what happens in our brain is we have this fear center and it's going off and going, oh my gosh, I need safety. I need safety. So they go out and get the first one. They go, I'll do my part. They get it. Then because they've got it and they've gotten over that part, if they didn't get myocarditis or some crazy adverse event or died, they, they go, oh, I can relax now. Like, so the brain, that center in the brain actually relaxes. Mm. And then they actually start to allow for room for critical thinking because it's not fear-driven like it was. And now they go, well, wait a minute. Actually, why am I getting the second? I've already played my part. Um, I already got the first. Isn't that enough? And that was massive resistance on that. So the amount of BS that had to come through the, the media to keep telling people like FOMO, FOMO, mm. get yours. Everyone's getting the second was total bullshit, man, because- they were up on one of the biggest campaigns in their life to try and get everyone to get the second shot. I don't think it, as many people got the second as, as they're saying until they started wedging them against their job, saying you won't be able to keep your job and so on and getting these um, companies to apply the pressure. But people like you and me go, I value freedom over safety, right? Yeah. You look at the Spartans in history, they value freedom over safety. You know, you look at the, the, the British when there was this turning of this war, they value freedom over safety. You know, the, it's happened over and over again in history. And they are the ones that are the strong that break through. I'm not saying that we have to flex this toxic approach of, I guess some people call it masculinity. But the reason why I stand up and say, I ain't taking this is because it's out of alignment for me. Yeah, if it's in alignment absolutely. for you, I empower the fact that you're choosing something that's in alignment for you. It's not, I'm not trying to be macho. And I know you're not trying to be a macho. You're doing it because it's out of alignment, bro. And when your children see that, that's an incredible gift to share with your kids to be like, daddy really did what he said he was going to do. That's right. right? And, and that's, what, that's people, what keeps me going. A lot of people can't keep their head up, man. They're, they're, they're going to hang their head in shame. And I feel sorry for them, man. And I'm, and I'm still here for them either way. But there are going to be a lot of people walking out of this with regret, man, because they're like, oh, they know it deep in their heart that they went and did the thing. I know some people had no option. They, they really, they had to feed their family. Like one of the women I was coaching, she said her husband took the shot, like took taking the bullet. He like, he took it and he's got some health problems now, but because the rest of the family didn't and he needed to provide. So I totally get that. Yeah, know? I get that. And I've never, I, I sympathize with the people that, had to do it and we'll put in the position because yeah. it's not fair. Like we, we should, no one should be put in that position, but you know, one thing I noticed and, and I'll make this claim, the people that have gone out there and gone out of their way to say, listen, I did my part for the community. I rolled up my sleeve and I got it. I got the shot for the greater good for the people around me. No, you didn't. I can promise you now the vast majority of people did it for their own personal, whether it be work, travel um all they're getting paid i know a lot of people were getting paid to to promote it um but i can promise you it's a very 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 small minority of people that actually would have got it to for the benefit of other people very rare yeah yep. and i can also That's tell you that those same people that make that claim that they got the shot to help other people are the same people that in 2020 were out there hoarding toilet paper and hoarding tuna cans and hoarding baked beans and bread and milk when we had a shortage right everyone was going out and hoarding food those same people were doing that so you can't tell me that you got the shot to protect other people at the same time you were selfish and you decided to buy you know 156 rolls of toilet paper instead of 10 because you're like don't give me that because i'm not buying that for for a second because the average person would not get any needle for the benefit of another person maybe besides their own yeah. children 
that's the toilet paper thing is just a representation of uh, wanting safety, bro. You know, they just want to feel like they're safe. And, and I, you know, to a degree, I kind of, I do understand elements of it because back in the day, when we looked at empires, empires ruled the space and you would have the peasants, essentially peasants. And you'd have the working class people that would be somewhere in between the peasants and, and the, you know, kings and queens or whatever. And they, they, everyone would be functioning in society in a way where everyone's kind of feeding all the way to the top. It still happens like that. It just happens with different, different vehicles now. Mm. Um, but like what, what we see, man, is you see that there's this really big fight to break away from it. And it took them hundreds of years to break away from being a peasant in a kingdom or an empire to then having autonomy. And, and that was a good fight. It was worth it. And so we're back in a place now where that's being challenged. It's like, how bad do you want your autonomy? Like, how bad are you really willing to take it? And they've swooped in the empires that be government, corporate media, corporations, they've swooped in because they're going, oh, everyone's gotten soft. Let's swoop in for more control. They're trying to get it back. They're trying to rule over the empire again. And people have taken a little longer than I'd like uh, to wake up to it, mm. to, to push back and create some sort of resistance. And the way that we rebel, man, is by coming together and saying, nah, we're not playing this game. But we're not. We're not coming together to say we're not playing this game. We're all, we're all bickering amongst each other to try and find a way. My problem isn't with with people on the ground level. My problem is with leaders that are supposed to be leaders that aren't acting like it. You know, you're Scott Morrison's and, you know, these Clash Schwab's and all these other people. And for some reason, they've convinced themselves in their own mind that they're doing the greater good. It's like this weird parental thing, like you little kids in society yeah. or you, you don't know what you're doing. So we're going to, we're the ones that are running the show. And I don't mind if someone wants to come in and take some higher level leadership that happens often in, in companies. We've got to have some sort of like a hierarchical structure. It's when there's corruption that it becomes a problem. And the problem is that humanity is always going to have that. bro. That's why Christ came as a remedy to get set things right. And so I see this and I see like, we are, we're in a place now where we have a technocracy that's being built. It's going to be harder and harder to break away from it. I'd like to talk about some solutions, man. I don't know. Do you have any like solutions that are in, in place that you've explored to like, all right, cool. Let's say this thing hypothetically plays out. It might not, who knows in a couple of years, maybe they might lose grip. Maybe it'll continue on. They reckon eight more years of this, you know, agenda 2030. And then who knows what's beyond that, but solutions, man, like this is what I focus on a lot with my clients. We talk about diversifying your income streams. I teach them on how to do that. We talk about um, where to invest your money, like get, get your gold, get your silver, get your crypto, um, buy some things that are tangible that that go up in value over time or whole value. Like I know some people that buy like classic cars and art, like things that will hold value that are like mm. just classics and antiques um, because they just, they got a lot of money, but they don't know what else to get. So I was like, let's get some of these things, you know, mm. um, learning how to do the off-grid living, just like even just self-sustaining, man. God already, when he created us, we were already in the garden. Mm. Come back to the garden of Eden, like learn how to grow your own stuff. Come back to nature, mm. We become so urbanized and, and we're so dependent on technology and we're going to become even more dependent on technology, unfortunately. So coming back to these natural things, learning about what's good for your body so you can have that healthy sovereignty as well. You know, learning about how to make sure your immune system's right so you don't have to rush out and get a magic pill quick fix with the potential of danger in it like a shot, you know? So 
Yeah, man. I, I like I look at these like setting up multiple bank accounts in different countries, setting up uh, and buying some land or some property in different spaces, uh, putting money into foreign equities and not having it all sitting in the US or all in Australia. Because if the Western world eats crap, you're going to lose it all, you know, so just really splitting and like those things help me to go to sleep at night, bro. I have my faith, which is strong, you know, in God. And also on top of it, I'm setting up my structures and my systems to have autonomy. You know, the more structures and systems that are in place you create with all these different pockets where you've diversified and you've got some things established. If let's say if the economy collapses, which at some point, let's be real, it's going to happen at some point. Mm. But if it does, and let's say it wipes out crypto, it wipes out real estate, it wipes out um it wipes out you know art and collectibles your, your nfts it wipes out your stocks and shares if i'm holding gold and silver and that's not affected it might take a little bit of a dip but it comes back up because it becomes a you know a safe haven I, at least i haven't lost everything but there'll be most people 99 percent of people out there that are probably going to lose everything or at least yeah. most of it, you know? So, so like I can go to bed at night where everybody else is freaking out, man. This is when you get pressured to make irrational decisions. If you know that you've lost a lot and you're freaking out, you don't know how you're going to make a way, you start making very desperate decisions. You're a dangerous person yeah. and you're probably going to make a decision you regret. That's why I like to set up all these structures so that if anything ever went haywire and sideways, I can still come from a level-headed decision because I haven't lost everything. I've still got some other things that I've got in play. Yeah, and I think Wait, we need to start thinking like that, not in a survival way, but in a thriving way. Like I want to thrive anyway and diversify anyway, because it's good to freaking stretch yourself out there and, 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 you know, get amongst it, not, not to like batten down the hatchets, protect and, and save, you know? So yeah, abundance, man. You want to create pockets that, that give you a sense of abundance. Like you're expanding, even if it's a little bit in each man, that's better than nothing. Yeah, definitely. I think one thing, that I've really learned and been focusing on and what I'm trying now to get across to my followers is that, you know, I've found great success in, so I've, I've changed my life in ways that I never thought I would in the last two years. And I've gone back to basics. Like, I mean, core basics, like how my ancestors would have been living thousands of years ago, that basic to the point where I try and only eat whole foods. Really, I'm like you see me here having this nootropic drink. It's probably the best you can get in terms of any canned beverage. It's probably nice. the best, right? Um, nice. But besides that, um, man, it's just water. And I think I've made those changes. I think we we live in a as you said, we technology is a big problem. But it's not just technology. Like people need to understand that our food that we consume is poison. It's scary to think that. But it's a fact, it's poison. Anything in a packet that sits on a shelf is poison. It may not yeah. kill you tomorrow or even in 10 years. It may never kill you, but it will do damage. It's inevitable. Yeah. So you have these, you have all the fact that all of our food is grown, uh, grown in glyphosate, which I've spoken about as well before, um, which is something you probably don't want to be consuming too much of. I mean, yep. uh, even our tap water has got that much shit in it. Sometimes you can smell it, like you can smell chemicals, like it's it's yep. it's not yep. pure. So I've really, I've been proactive in that space. Um, my workouts are simplified. I don't train at a gym anymore. I train outside. I think it's, and I feel better from it. Um, I find training indoors and especially in a gym um, is not the best thing. Um, it's much better and healthier to train outdoors in open air, fresh air. Yep. 
Um, so, I, you know, I get a lot more sun than I used to before. Um, so, yeah, man, I, I've started eating, eating and, and I haven't got them with me, but I take um, organ capsules. I'm now a reseller, which I'm pumped about. Um, so, yeah, man, some um, 100% grass-fed beef organ capsules, heart, liver, kidney. Um, I take those daily. Eat, I eat organs as well. Um, a lot simple, like I've simplified my life, but I'm, I'm, it's funny because it's, it's nothing like it was two years ago. It's so simple, but yet I'm like, I'm, I'm doing great. You're going, you're going full Viking, bro. Yeah, bro. Practically, <laughs> organs right? in the nature. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it, dude. I love it. But honestly, but honestly, bro, so you feel, man, I feel so much better. Like the things yeah. I think we associate yeah. with, with the modern world, like fatigue, like we as humans, we should not be getting tired three hours after waking up yeah we shouldn't be we should we shouldn't be going to bed at ridiculous hours of the morning one o'clock it's not natural it's not natural yeah i got a question for you man because i know that you've been sharing a lot of content about the just the craziness in the world Mm. i'm going to be honest with you man personally probably about a year into sharing a lot of stuff uh being pretty vocal about it i needed to take a step back for like a week because i just felt i felt I mean, I was doing, I was feeling this not just because of speaking up, but also like just workload and coaching. I was coaching back to back and like heavy conversations, depression, suicide, uh, trauma, addiction, you know, it was, it was, it was big time overload. Um, and I felt adrenal fatigue. It was just like getting banked back behind the eight ball, you know, taking out the loan, the energetic loan I had to pay off mm. in, in resting. Um, did you experience that as well at some point? Because you post a lot, man. You're like in it, you know, you're around it. You're hearing a lot. Did you did you ever feel a bit of adrenal fatigue? Did you have to take a break from it? Um, I, I haven't taken a single day off, man, since a long yeah, time dude. now, bro. I haven't. Um, Must be I, those nootropics, man. <laughs> bro, I, you know, I don't what? know what it is. I, I, honestly, but I, honestly, I put it down to my lifestyle. That yes, you Okay, so yes, you see me here now. I do a lot of podcasts in front of a computer, a lot on my phone, a lot of posting and sharing, but it's really minimal. Like I don't spend a great deal of time on my phone. Like I don't, you won't see me flick through TikTok and and Instagram feeds. Like I really don't. I go onto my own account, post what I've got to post, maybe reply to a comment or two on a message. That's it. I don't scroll through. Like I don't spend as much time on technology as people would think. Um, and I spend a lot of my day outdoors, um, in the sun, playing with my animals, my kids. Um, that come out wrong. I don't mean my kids' animals. I mean my animals and my kids. Right. Um, exercise. I yeah. I, I, just like, thought, I just thought Viking again, dude. I just kept that. I like Viking. <laughs> oh, bro. You know, I'm just, but, I'm really trying just to, it gets it my head like, clear. It sounds like you, yeah, it's good, man. It sounds like you're practicing minimalism. And, and this is kind of what I was alluding to as well. It's like, get all the things positioned and get your securities and, and learn how to be self sufficient and also be minimalistic. Like I, I, I shared the other day that um, death to the world is the last true rebellion you know like when everyone's enslaved into a system if they, if we ever went there death to the world like you denying and breaking away from the world and just like you being autonomous whether it's you and god or you and nature you and like just you with your family and just not in that you know needing that uh dependence on a system and and i tell you what man it's going to be a massive massive challenge for people if we were to go that route in our lifetime because it's it feels a lot easier to just say yes and go get the shot or just say yes and join the social um, credit, you know, system. Uh, just say yes and give all your details over. Just say yes to be put in a central digital currency system where they can tell you whether you can buy or sell. Mm-hmm. You know, just say yes and receive the mark of the beast, which by the way, 
because I, I get this debate all the time. A lot of people ask me, what's the market beast, right? Mm. And, uh, and, and I say, look, man, like mark, to receive the mark on the forehead and the hand means this. The forehead means to worship in your mind, to worship and choose the beast system through your mind. And through the hand means to agree with the acts and be in allegiance and alliance with the beast system. That's what it means. You know, like God, God's not superficial, man. He's not superficial. He's not looking like, oh, it's a, like a little prick. It's not to say there won't be microchips and all these other things are going to swing into play. I think it creates a lot of like debates and confusion and controversy. But ultimately, like God wants our soul, man. There's a battle. Like every second it goes by right now, there's in the universe, there's this, there's this like counter, counter step and this pro step of fighting for your soul that's happening every second. And, you know, I see this and I see that like a lot of people right now are denying this spiritual connection. They're just like, they're trying to get all the things and we're, we're in a materialistic culture, obviously. So I get why people do it, but ultimately you're going to get to a point where all your things won't matter. And I think that if you can deny the world in a sense and be in the practice, like you have, like fasting is a great way to do it. Like not letting your emotions like overtake you, like letting your body reset and come back to its natural state. Um, and like living, living minimally, like I've traveled to third world countries, man. I've slept on a floor in a hut on like this little Island with like mosquito infested hut. I've been in Africa, you know, I've been in Southeast Asia with next to nothing. I've like bathed with water and a bucket and a cup, like did that for months on end, you know? And so when you do these things, you actually realize how much you don't need all the stuff that society keeps telling you, you should get. Yeah, no, and, you don't need half of it. More than half. That's of it. power, man. That's power. You know, so if you, even for you, if you could teach your kids that it's like, we can have some cool things. We can also do this too. You've got parameters of being stretched now. You've got way more room to move, but a lot of people right now haven't created enough room for them to move. So if things happen, they're very cornered to have to make a decision that's based off something that they're probably not in alignment with, but they're scared of. Yeah, right? People, people underestimate the power of simplicity. And one example of that is, you know, I find it very powerful, a powerful thing to be able to get your kids and your wife or even just your kids or just your partner and go into somewhere in the, you know, down the coast or wherever, in the middle of nowhere, put up a tent and enjoy a day or two or even more in that setting without anything, right? And how much does that cost you? Yeah. A tent, right? That's what it costs you. It costs you a tent. And, and that is such a powerful feeling. And I don't care how you feel mentally, if you're depressed, if you're anxious, if you're, you know, if you go and put yourself in that environment and you put yourself in nature with people you care about and you bond without the, you know, external factors like your phone ringing and your watch going off and all these things, and you just live in that moment, I don't care how you go into that setting but you'll come out of it a happy person you'll feel so content because you don't need yeah. much in your life to be content we chase yeah. something like we chase you know um okay i want to make this much money and buy this car by this month i want to buy this 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 that we're constantly chasing something and that we get it how long are you honestly happy for how long mm -hmm. you buy ferrari tomorrow how long are you going to be happy it's going to wear off very quickly then you'll be looking after you'll be looking for the, the newer model Ferrari or a Lamborghini next time or something more like you constantly just trying to chase more and more and more. So you live your life in just a state of, of the chase, really, you're never content. Whereas if you mm. just forget all that and just go, you know, I'm gonna take my family, go down the coast for a few days, up the coast, we'll camp for a few days and, you know, um, 
men are so fulfilling, like it fulfills your soul in ways that um, a materialistic item just doesn't. Yeah. Amen to that, man. Amen but to it's, that. It's, it's the truth, man. I hope more people discover that and, and make those changes. But anyway, brother, I'm aware that you have to go, so I'll let you go now. But, um, man, it's been a yeah. pleasure having you on. We'll definitely do it again. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm happy that we got to some solutions as well, you know, because a lot of people focus on the problems. And obviously, we've got a lot of them in this world. We've got a lot more questions yeah. than there are. Let, let, me add, let me add to that very quickly. Mm -hmm. It's a very important point. People will always say that, you know, why do, do I share things like, does doom and gloom why do i share negative now let me say something that it's not in a way i don't share it to make people go oh this is it yeah you know, i share it because awareness is very important awareness is very 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 important and awareness is power what's the alternative what we don't we don't hear any negative news and then we go to the shop one day and get told sorry you can't come in because of this this is well we have to know what's happening but i really want people to understand that the solution is in awareness because from that awareness, you can go, okay, well, I know, like, you know, what's going to happen. You know, the whole agenda 2030, you know that, right? So, and I truly believe that's what's at play. I truly believe it. That's what's happening. So if you know what's going to happen over the next five to 10 years, you can make plans. Like you can prepare for that. If you don't know about it, how, look, you're going to be caught by surprise every time. Right, so mm. it's important to have a, a core understanding of what's coming in the foreseeable future, or you know what might happen, and don't let yeah. it get to you. Like, don't get depressed. At the end of the day, you know what's going to happen to you. You you know don't stress about that. What you need to be worried about is is knowing what their next play is, what the next move is, so you can make yeah. a move accordingly. But you know, I, I know some people find it overwhelming to hear a lot of you know, negativity all the time, but try not to look at it as negativity, change that perspective from negativity to like awareness as not a bad thing to be aware of what's coming. In fact, it's a good thing. So that's something I was wanted to add to the end of this, just so people are aware yeah. that that's, that's what I mean by that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, it's empowering to be able to create structures in your life to know that like you can create when you want to create wherever you want to be at whatever time and not have somebody rule over you. But look, dude, there's a scripture and it says many are the plans of man's own heart, but God's plans will prevail. So it's not over yet, man. You know, you never know. This could take some twists and turns in a great direction as well. So, uh, yeah, like just just do what you can to prepare and get your structures in place and also have the faith that there's more that's happening here. That evil, even throughout history, evil has never always had the upper hand for too long. You know, it's it's. We've gone through, definitely gone through seasons of up and ups and downs. And I think maybe it paints, paints the color of life, you know, like what would it be like if everything was just in the middle and flatlined? It's, that's dead. That's dead. There's nothing to that's it. Right. So yeah. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Enjoy the battle. Enjoy the, you know, like rising up and having something to fight for. Enjoy when uh, it's not happening and you can celebrate the, the, the you know, the chill, like celebrate it all. No, that's that's right. there's a really good community in this space. Like in this yeah. space of, 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 I don't even know what you would call it, but the people that are just, you know, understanding of what's happening. I, I don't know. You think of a name. I have no idea, but that group of people, right? Freedom, freedom fighters, freedom, freedom tribe, <laughs> freedom tribe. That's, but I hate the term freedom fighter because I feel like we should yeah. have to fight for freedom because of, anyway, yeah, but exactly. yeah, the freedom tribe, there's a really good community, man. And I've learned a lot from a lot of cool people, including yourself. And yeah. You know, you and I are connecting because of our shared passion and, and, and belief in our value system. It's the same, right? So we're connecting. You know, it's connecting me with other people who never in my life would I like, it's based on values. Like, 
bro, I've got Kelly Slater in my inbox. Why the fuck would Kelly Slater want to talk to me? Never in my life would I think that that's possible, right? But it shows you how powerful these values are. That doesn't matter if you're a, one of the most successful athletes of all time. You have something in common with this, this young guy from Campbelltown. Like you have that, there's something there uh, because of your, yeah. your value and belief system. And that's powerful, man. And I've learned a lot. I've gained a lot. Um, and hopefully I've, I've helped other people, um, which I'm sure I have in, in, in some ways. So, um, and that's, that's powerful, man. So it's, it's a good thing. Love it. Love it, bro. Awesome.